This is Nancy. And this is Dana. And you're listening to the NY Foodie Family Podcast. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the NY Foodie Family Podcast. We have a special episode today and in the next week. So this is part one of our special Cooperstown episode. So we'll be talking about uh, a couple things about Cooperstown, a uh, couple fantastic places that we saw up there. And we have so much to talk about. We're going to split it up. We have uh, a few more things next week. We will, as always, wrap up this episode with some timely quick hits. So stay tuned. So before we begin, we wanted to talk about Cooperstown because we actually visited almost a year ago last year. We went at the end of September um, and our trip was hosted by Go Cooperstown. However, we wanted to share it with you because number one, Cooperstown is not too far away from Westchester County. And also because fall is a great time to travel and visit there. Um, I know for many of you like us, our kids started school this past week and with their busy schedules and things, um, sports and whatnot, travel is limited. So we tend to only be able to take weekend trips and this is a great trip to take if you've never been. Yeah, it's a great time to be thinking baseball, heading in towards the late fall, playoffs, World Series. It's a great time to be thinking, um, you know, trip up to Cooperstown, not not too, uh, not too bad time of year. And I think that's a great segue because what, when I think of Cooperstown, I think most people think of the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, it has not been there forever. It's been there a very long time. And there's plenty of other things to do in Cooper, Cooperstown, but it's probably everybody's top two, if not top one. Right. I don't think you can go to Cooperstown and not make a stop at the baseball hall of fame no you don't you don't even have to be a baseball fan right which honestly i have to say i'm really not (laughs) but it's all things america it makes you feel good you don't even have to enjoy watching it but it's definitely a historic slice of america to go check out the hall of fame yes so why don't we start uh with talking about the baseball hall of fame um when we visited I know you are definitely more a of a baseball fan than the kids and I. We have done our fair share of baseball games and things, but it's not we're not huge fans. So when we got there, we actually kind of split up because the plaque gallery tour was starting and you kind of hopped on there and Yeah, they were starting a tour from the uh central spot that they collect everybody and go off on the tour. The plaque gallery is certainly a important part of of the uh, the Hall of Fame. You know, you get to see all of the dedicated I guess they'd be brass plaques. They've they've been put up there for the last how long's it been? 100 years or so? I think so. And it's it's a there's not as much to look at if you're not a fan of baseball. You know, you don't you're not looking at the uniforms, the baseball bats, the uh, you know, the uh, the bright, glossy things. You're there for the players at that point. Right. But you found the tour informative. Very informative. You know, some of the 
uh, special plaques that were put up for people that uh, you know. I don't. I don't think breaking the rules was was exactly the way to put it, but some some quirky reasons that that people were uh, denied for or allowed to be, you know, granted the plaque. So do check it out. They uh, tours are free. And I have to say, we. The kids and I were there in the beginning when the tour guide was starting, and I remember him asking, like, where is everybody from? And I think we were the only people from New York. I mean, there were people visiting from California, from Michigan, like, from all over the United States were there and on this tour, and maybe one or two other families And the fact we did not have to hop a plane to get there. Yeah. You know, everybody's wearing different baseball jerseys from places far and wide right so that so you were off doing the plaque gallery tour i was with the kids one of the things that i love about museums is when they have scavenger hunts for the kids and uh the baseball hall of fame had one which was great so while dana was on his tour the kids and i went around the museum so they could complete their scavenger hunt for a prize at the end um, so we, uh, did that and that was good. Kept them busy. So some of the highlights for visiting the museum with kids, um, was the locker room, walking through the locker room. That is where they have every major league baseball team current. I think it's current only. Current only. And it displays their uniforms and some of their bats and equipment. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know how they choose. It's a very small space, so it's, you know, maybe each team gets a three or four foot wide uh, bench and, you know, a couple lockers for, for some memorabilia to be placed near, hang out of, and I don't know how they choose which jersey gets in there and which um, important ball important bat um you know it's it's a it's an opportunity to feel good about your particular team and you'll see people crowding around their team of choice yes and the next place if you have kids is the sandlot which is the kids clubhouse it's actually geared towards younger kids our kids were actually a little old for this but it was a nice place for them to be able to sit they have these cute baseball mitts shaped chairs and they just sat and hung out for a little bit there's also a bunch of hands-on activities there they have some baseball themed books kids books and videos playing and while we were there they were actually playing a baseball themed dora the explorer episode of course perfect (laughs) that worked out so a cute little place for little kids to hang out and you know be able to touch and explore and at the end of our trip we uh, stopped in for the movie Generations of the Game and that plays every hour on the hour and highlights moments of some of the Hall of Famers that are in the plaque gallery and yeah they know how to manipulate the best music and the best uh, highlight reels and current interviews with uh, Hall of Famers. There are probably a couple moist eyes in the in the auditorium because they just know how to, you know, really get you on board with, 
you know, what what is an excellent career of a lot of these really top talents. And, you know, to hear them speak for themselves is, uh, you know, a great part of the film. Yes. I think I was one of those ones with, the, you know, tears in my eyes, even though, like I said, I'm not a baseball fan, but it was just like hit you in the heart. Like, oh, my gosh, these people really love this game. Yeah, they know exactly <laughs> they know exactly what to put in the film to, to kind of uh, tug on those uh, heartstrings, as they say. So every July is when the new members of the Hall of Fame are inducted. So that's probably not the best time to be visiting uh, Cooperstown unless, you, you know, you're really, really, you know, into... Crowds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would, it would certainly be something special to be there in Cooperstown for, uh, if not your favorite player, then, you know, a, a favorite player, a historic player. And uh, otherwise, maybe it's better to watch it on the highlight reel. Right. I mean, they do a special award ceremony. There's a parade. But again, it's probably super crowded um, and probably not the best time to be visiting. So just time-wise, just to give you an approximation, we spent about three hours altogether yeah. visiting the museum. I think if you're a like diehard baseball fan, you'd probably stay longer. You know, we kind of did drive-bys, some of the exhibits, not stopping to read everything and looking at everything. Um, it was more of like points of interest things that caught the eye of us or the kids so yeah just like any museum you know you go in there saying i'm going to absorb every single possible word and and thing that you can see but you start to get kind of worn down and <laughs> skipping through a couple of things here and there towards the end and, what, what and was three that? hours included you know stop the gift shop too right right and watching that video a couple times who's on first Oh, yeah. So we stayed for a couple rounds of that video. The Abbott kids, and Costello. Yeah, it's a classic. The, I'm, I'm sure it's on YouTube that. a thousand different ways. So go check that out. Who's on first? Classic routine. So, of course, I will reiterate this at the end. Uh, our show notes will have our blog post links with more information and pictures and all the detailed info including prices, dates, except hours of operation, etc. if you are planning your visit to the National Baseball Hall of Fame. So stay tuned. We have more in Cooperstown coming up. So another attraction you might want to visit when you're visiting Cooperstown is the Farmer's Museum. This museum was founded in 1943 and is one of the oldest rural life museums in the country. So when you go, visitors experience what rural life was like in the 19th century through exhibits, interpreters, and demonstrations. And just as importantly, they have collected quite a few historic buildings to add to their... Um, village. Village, yeah. They have uh, farmland and, you know, buildings that are time-appropriate that... Uh, some of them were always there, right? Yes. And some of them were brought in. And I believe there's altogether over 20 that they've collected. And you can walk through them. Um, there's the blacksmith. And there's usually an interpreter there who's actually, you know, making... When we Smithing. were there. Yes, he was making horseshoes. He's making horseshoes and, and nails. nails. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's people, there were interpreters uh, weaving the wool. Yeah, and uh, it was certainly kid-friendly. Yes. They definitely like to get the kids involved. Their, my favorite part of the museum is 
the Empire State Carousel. So New York State has so many different carousels and I feel like we've seen a bunch of them on our various travels throughout the state, but the carousel at the Farmers Museum is by far my favorite. It's not the oldest, but it's I think no, the most special. No, it was made special. in 2006, I believe it was opened. Um it's known as the museum you can ride on and yeah that's basically what it is it's a basically a new york state museum uh that goes round and around yes each of the there's 25 hand carved animals right and each one has special significance each one has a, a reason why it was selected I remember the skunk for some reason. I don't know. That just struck me as very New York, I guess, in its own way. <laughs> I guess. What were some of the other animals? I don't even remember. I feel like there, there must was have been a frog. A deer? I'm sure there was. A duck? Possibly. There was, oh, a, a bunny decorated with a bonnet for the Easter parade, the New York City Easter parade, okay. I believe. Um, but it wasn't just the figures that had stories. It was the uh, banners along the top. It was the borders along the mirrors. There were little plaques and signs. Every nook and cranny was filled with all things New York. Yes. Uh, historical people. Uh, places. Current, current places. Historic places. Different events. Events, exactly. Yeah. So um, I don't know how they decided that it was actually done. They were working on it for so many years. I guess they had to say, well, I guess I guess we're done. Time to open it. Because they just filled in every little teeny place that they could with really excellent handcrafted, hand-painted. And it's really amazing. Yeah. Like I could have sat, stood, or walked around that carousel and yeah. spent the whole day there. It was just we fascinating. Yeah. yeah. It really was. <laughs> it really was. The kids' favorite part of the Farmer's Museum was the Lippet farmstead because of all the animals there so there were pigs and sheep and horses we have some pictures of them petting the horse like they'd come right up to the fence uh chickens running around but by far their favorite was the baby calf named bear they still remember bear yes bear was not soft. even two weeks old so soft when we visited so imagine a not even two week old calf and yes they they just loved petting him and you know being there because they do love all things animals so if you have animal lovers i'm sure they will love that part as well and we spent about two and a half hours all told on, on the farm side and the farmer's museum so um you can Make it a little bit longer, a little bit shorter if you wanted to. But we did activities as as they popped up. Um, we did a pretty full tour of the museum. You know, we right. learned a few things. We didn't visit the gift shop, though, which was separate uh, from the museum. It was a separate building yeah. next to the parking lot, mm -hmm. which we did not go in. And they do sell food if you are interested in eating there. Uh, we did not, but... They have a cafe. Is, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say there's a lot available there, but you can get lunch. Right. I think there's some open-air seating, too, if you wanted to. So, again, an, an attraction in Cooperstown that is definitely worth visiting on when you visit. Yeah, you can, you can, you'll, you'll drive right by it in and out of, you know, your main downtown 
Cooper, Cooperstown, if you can, I guess you can call that downtown. And you say, hey, what's what's all that? You can make a stop in there, spend a couple hours, and enjoy, learn a few things. And I guess Bear's going to be another year older, so maybe not as soft, but... Maybe there might be a new baby calf. New baby calf <laughs> would be really nice, too, but go check it out. Stay tuned for some more on Cooperstown. Welcome back. Our next feature in Cooperstown, which is literally across the street from the Farmer's Museum, is the Fenimore Art Museum. The museum goes back to 1899. It houses a very large collection of American folk art, Native American art, and Nance, why don't you tell a little bit more about the Fenimore Art Museum? So, like Dana just mentioned, it's really known for its folk art, and it has a large collection of Native American art. Uh, there's also the Cooper Gallery. So the Cooper family has had ties to the Lake Otsego area for more than seven generations. And we all probably are familiar with uh, James Fenimore Cooper, the American writer. And this gallery in the museum displays some of his personal possessions, talks about the family history, um, and you can imagine, I guess, from the Cooper family, Cooperstown. Cooperstown, Fenimore Art Museum, James Fenimore Cooper, it all comes together. Right. So it, um, you know, really has some really excellent folk art. I wouldn't say that if somebody gave me a choice between folk art and classical art or, you know, modern art, I'd say, hey, let me, let me go check out the, the folk art. It wouldn't be probably my top three if I had a choice, but seeing it there, it was really excellent. A uh, lot of handcrafted, um, folksy, I guess is, is the yeah. right word for folk art. There's no better way to describe that. Right. And this museum also had two different scavenger hunts that uh, the kids enjoyed uh, participating in. So one was in the main art gallery, and the other one was in the Thaw Gallery of American Indian art that was downstairs and again once they completed the uh, scavenger hunt they got prizes from the gift shop so that's fun for them and helps give the trip a focus you know while we're in a museum right I think our favorite exhibit was the photograph collection right right it was a temporary exhibit so it's not there uh, they do have uh, a rotating uh, exhibitions. So I know currently, I believe there was a, a rock and roll themed exhibition. That, oh, I know. I go. was like, I, I've seen ads for that that I'm like, oh, that would have been really fun. I know you would have enjoyed that. Um, so our favorite while we were visiting there was a uh, photograph collection by Imogen Cunningham, um, but it's no longer there. I wonder if it's on tour somewhere else. Yeah, it might be. So if you like, uh, artistic photographs, you know, that's definitely worth seeking. But when you're there with kids, we did make our way upstairs. They have an education room, uh, on the upper level of the museum and the kids really had a good time in there. They have, you know, paper and crayons and things for the kids to sit and draw. They also had a little, uh, photo, uh, stand where they could create 
uh, still lifes using different props and things and grapes. Have, yes, fruits Leaves, and fruit, uh-huh. like cloth, different pattern backgrounds and things. And we actually had our uh, DSLR camera with us, and the kids were using that to practice their uh, photography skills. Yeah, we should use that more often. <laughs> I know. We'll have, an, we'll have a whole other episode on the convenience of having a camera in your pocket when you need it. But right. yeah, there's something to be said about, you know, setting up a shot and... Yeah, they took some great photos, too. They did. Little, you should using that little, frame uh, some of those, I, yeah. I don't know. But um, yes, and that gave us a chance to sit. They have some chairs around for adults to sit in, too, and tons of art books and, you know, coffee table-type books that you can amuse yourself while the kids are doing their thing yeah the weather's beautiful the the grounds are beautiful we didn't get a chance to see them all because they had uh, a wedding ceremony on site right yeah we actually saw the bride coming out of one of the rooms making her way down the stairs uh so yes the back of the property which actually overlooks lake otsigo uh was closed off to the public. So we didn't get to, you know, see the beautiful lake views that day. Uh, but It's okay. Somebody else is enjoying it right. in full. So normally you'd be able to take advantage of those views. We did see that large totem pole, though, in front of the museum. Yeah. And again, that's that's right on the street as you're heading towards... The town. Town of Cooperstown. So depending on which way you're going, I guess if you're heading in... The art museum is on the left, and the farmers museum is on the right. Right, correct. So if you're if you're coming going, neither one of those things two things are hard to find. They're right there. Right, you'll see them as you drive by. And so. all in all, we spent about an hour and a half. Yeah, and again, you know, with kids, you're not, or at least for us, we don't do you know in depth museum visits. It's you know highlights, scavenger hunts, you know, quick walkthroughs through the exhibits uh which but. is fine because even as adults you, you know you go into these things thinking i'm just going to absorb every every single possible thing and then fatigue of just too much stuff takes over and you gotta you know you gotta slow it down and you'll say you know i'll come back and see it one day and maybe you will and maybe you won't right but again another place worth checking out while you're visiting cooperstown stay tuned we're gonna wrap this episode up with our quick hits and next week we will continue our talk about Cooperstown. Okay, we're wrapping things up with another edition of our quick hits. First up, have we all heard of the Chicken Sandwich Wars of 2019? I didn't, but I guess I did. I don't know, I still don't totally understand it, do you? So basically, and if you believe this, uh, it all started over Twitter. So this shows the power of social media. But allegedly, Popeyes came up with this new chicken sandwich, and it was compared possibly to Chick-fil-A sandwich, and thus created this chicken sandwich frenzy. Did they do it? On purpose? Were they throwing down the gauntlet? Or is it like, well, we're putting two and two together and this is Chick-fil-A, but better, but not not as better? Depends on who you talk to. I don't think it was an intentional, we're going to make the exact same sandwich that Chick-fil-A makes. Because then the leak 
because then the lawyers get involved. <laughs> but it was just, you know, a, a fried chicken sandwich with pickles on a bun. Um, but yes, it kind of blew up and got so popular with Popeye selling out that they actually had to stop making the sandwich. The sandwich is no longer being made at Popeye's because they've basically sold out of everywhere the ingredients so they are waiting for suppliers before they can you know to restock before they can restart making them and reintroducing the new menu item now are people going to check this out waiting on long lines because they want to compare and contrast or they heard that it's better and they want to want to be in on it i don't know i have no idea I mean, I think when people start talking again, the power of social media, when people talk about things and it becomes popular, people want to get in and, you know, voice their opinions and, you know, hey, check it out. Oh, I want to, you know, let me decide which is better. Um, you might you might have forgotten this, but I was partial to McDonald's uh, Chick-fil-A oh, ripoff. you were. They also did it on a biscuit. Yes. And I remember you. I'm pretty sure, it. not that I'm at McDonald's all that often. I don't think they offer it anymore. I don't believe they have. There's the fried chicken on the bun, little schmear of buttery okay. something or other, and, and, the and the pickle. Yeah. Oh yeah, I do remember that. And our sweet southern, tea. Uh, the southern chicken sandwich and the sweet yes. tea. Oh yeah, yes. that's bad news. So yeah. So after all that, you know, you can't get the Popeye sandwich anymore. Uh, but hang tight. They're allegedly bringing it back. They are trying to bring it back. And we are fans of Chick-fil-A. We do like the Chick-fil-A sandwich. We do. And I do like a good crispy chicken sandwich. So, now we're going to get know, dragged into this, aren't we? <laughs> I feel like I do need to try the Popeye sandwich. All right. So for the sake of reporting, when it's available again. When it's available. We'll have to go check them both out. Exactly. But it's not like we, we have Popeye's near us. So... You know, that wasn't one of the things I was rushing to do because we don't even have one. Harriman? Really close to us. Over the river? I don't know. It's um, a hike. Yeah. So. Anyway, hang hang tight on that. We're, we're merely reporting it and we can't even check it out. <laughs> right. What do you got? Next up, um, if you're a fan of chicken over rice, Bonanza. Yes. In the city, the Halal guys are allegedly opening a spot on Central Ave in Yonkers and are probably opening a spot at the Galleria in White Plains. I was there recently and uh, we'll, we'll post a photo of the coming soon Halal Guys spot at the um, dining area, food. Uh, so check that out. Um, full, full honesty, Halal Guys was never my favorite chicken over rice, but they have the most famous name and they got people waiting there at midnight one o'clock in the morning that was kind of their thing so their their late night claim to fame of the yellow shirts i don't know this goes back 10 years now i'm not maybe <laughs> up on as much of the chicken over rice wars but their competitors across the street started using yellow shirts and yellow bags and that was a big deal so oh yeah. uh yeah you know turf wars in midtown manhattan over chicken over rice but i have i have some preference alternatives but Allegedly coming soon, so... And you know you'll try that. Oh, yeah. I'll, de try I'll that. definitely try yeah. it. Um, according to their Facebook page, uh, it's, I think, Halal Guys Westchester. They were even posting, I think, today or yesterday, uh, like Labor Day 
uh, photos and, you know, some of their pictures of their menu items, but everything is, you know, hashtag coming soon. So, yeah, but no date. All no right. date given. But that's that's new and fresh. It's not like the last post was in February. No, no. So, yeah, they're posting, like, okay. they're up-to-date posting, but everything is coming soon, no, no date given. So, you know. All right, I'll have to have to go check them both out. Right. I've heard, you know, for months now, like, oh, guess what's opening in Westchester soon? You know, Halal Guys was mentioned and still no. You know, that was back in the spring, I think, or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, new restaurants opening in the summer. And, you know, some, summer's ending here and there's no Halal Guys yet to be seen yeah. in Westchester. You know, just a personal aside, I've been a fan of uh, street food for, for quite a long time, spent more than a few years working in midtown manhattan and uh let me just say that people are skeptical about the quality of food and the cleanliness of carts i i've always said you know there's a lot more places to hide you know dirty things in a restaurant kitchen than in a tiny cart you can poke your head in and see see everything that's going on so now that they're opening their own restaurant hopefully they keep up the quality and um you know, cart cart victory for getting two more spots open if that's that's what they're up to. So good for them. Yes. So next, Dale Taldy, a two-time Top Chef contestant, is has recently opened his new restaurant, Goose Feather, at the Tarrytown House Estate, and that just opened this past week. Uh, he is featuring Hong Kong cuisine at this restaurant. It's mostly Cantonese barbecue, dumplings, and noodle dishes. Um, So, you know, that might be something worth checking out. I hate recommending restaurants that I haven't personally been to or, you know, um, it's not a recommendation. It's just news, like it's opening soon or it has opened actually at, at the time of this published and i don't think he has that many restaurants so there's got to be a personal amount of involvement with with chef dale himself i would imagine well he had the hudson which was like a pizza pasta place at the palisade center and that was like coming soon for a while and as far as i can tell from what i've read that actually is closed so we never even was it ever open? made it. Oh yeah, it was open. We we passed it. Oh, like walking I guess we should have tried it. there, and we never even had a chance to eat there, and that's closed. And super recently, as in like a couple weeks ago, this uh, in August, uh, his restaurant in Jersey City, Tall Day, also closed. Hmm. So, you know, keeping fingers crossed that you know Goose Feather does well. Yeah, well, good luck. Good luck for him. It sounds like he needs a, needs a winner here. Yes, and it sounds interesting. You know, Hong Kong cuisine. I can't say you see a lot of that in Westchester. So, you know, hopefully, there's. Hopefully, it's a big win. Yeah, definitely sounds different. I, I would, uh, I put it on my list. Hang soon. Do they have a uh, menu online? Can anybody check it out? They do. They do have a menu online, and um, I took a quick perusal. I have to say, I thought it was on the more expensive end, but you know, that was just a quick, quick look. So, all right. Well, maybe it's on our short list of, of restaurants. We'll report back if we do. 
in the not related to food at all section, uh, the great Jack, uh, Jack-O-Lantern Blaze tickets are now on sale. I don't know if it sells out every year, but possibly the time you want to go is sold out. So go hop online and order your tickets. They do have a specific time for you to get in. So if you want to have a specific day and time, I recommend going on there now. So they are only open weekends in September. And then that starts on September the 20th. And then every day, pretty much the month of October, which makes a lot of sense. Jack Lantern, you know, October. And then it does carry on through the end of November back to weekend schedule. So weekends and then every day in October and then weekends again. So if you want to sp- pick a specific date, uh, I'm and sure. Time. The, and time. The weekends, especially weekends in October, are going to sell out first. And we'll talk more about this in a future episode and, you know, our fall things to do uh, and Halloween events. But we just wanted to make you aware because tickets did go on sale this week to the general public and they do often sell out. I know they added the September dates and I think they extended some of the weekends into November because they do end up selling out so often. So, you know. Hopefully, everybody who wants to can go get tickets this year. And and the time slots only start after dark, right? Right. So if you have little kids and you don't want to be there at 11 o'clock at night... Come on. <laughs> <laughs> then get your early slots now. That's, that's, that's our public service <laughs> announcement for the day. And we're going to wrap things up this week now with a restaurant spotlight, but a business spotlight. And we are talking about Plato's Closet. So, Plato's Closet is a second-hand, uh, gently used, not kind of consignment shop. Um, they are all franchises, so they're all independently owned. However, we visited the one in Danbury for the first time recently. I did do a blog post about it, uh, because if you have a teenager who is really into all the name brands, then... This should definitely be something on your radar. I would say it's very gently used. Um, We've seen people come in with bag loads and they probably take two or three or four or five items. Right. And looking at the uh, displays, uh, you know, because we were there for so long with our daughter. Yeah, we were. uh, We got a chance to look around. Um, I have to say, yes, that at least in the Danbury one, they're very picky about, you know, what they're taking and the quality of the clothes on the racks all seem to be in excellent condition. They have, like we said, all the name brands. They only accept, uh, like, clothing styles and trends within, like, the past year, so nothing's really outdated. It's mostly targeted towards teens and young adults. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, our daughter got a pair of vans there that barely used. Barely I mean, they, used. They almost look brand new. And they retail at the store. I mean... 60 65 bucks. Right, about 60 bucks, And we got them for $22. And I see, you know, when we're out and about, kids wearing the same exact... Band. So, you know, they're still in style, same, you know, classic checkmark slip-ons. Um, but, you know, definitely wallet-friendly as parents, so I'm not going to complain. Yeah. Here, yeah. Here's Abby's take on it. She would she would rather have three pairs 
for that sixty sixty five dollars than 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 one. Yeah. Yes. She she's not looking to save money. No. She she's just, just looking more. to get more for the same amount of money. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if that makes any sense to our listeners, but she's not satisfied with the one pair. She's, right. Well, if I'm if we're gonna spend sixty dollars, we might as well get three. Exactly. So there's no there's no money savings there. I, I hope everybody understands that. <laughs> but you know, as a parent who is, you know, trying to save money instead of, you know, spending $60 on one Victoria's Secret pink sweatshirt. You know, I could spend, you know, $15, $20 on one that's gently used. And you can tell they take a lot of care in, I don't know if curating is the right word, that since they only take just a few things, that there's not a lot of digging through for those gems. Everything seems to be pretty well regarded, and there's no digging. You know, everything on the front to the back of the rack is mostly well-organized in the right spot and whatever you look at oh that's that's pretty nice right and because you know people are buying and selling their clothes all the time there is always new merchandise being put out so you know this store is kind of related to once upon a child which um is more the children's clothing franchise for younger kids and there's one actually in Somers. I had heard of Plato's Closet but I didn't really know about it. She somehow came upon their Instagram page and bad news. Right. And then came to us and was like, "Oh, we need to go visit this store." So, the closest one to us in Westchester is the one in Danbury, which is about 45 minutes to an hour away. Yeah. And we You know, we'll make a day out of it. Right. So, you know, if you're going to make the trip, definitely worth, you know, finding some other things to do in the area. But again, if you have a teenage teenager uh, who really is into and it's uh, mostly for the name brands, I would say the on trend clothing, whatever, um, definitely worth checking out. And I do have a blog post. So, again, uh, as we wrap things up, please remember to, you know, check out the show notes. They are on the blog, nyfoodiefamily.com. You will have links to all the blog posts and all the websites of everything we've talked about in this episode. Uh, you can always email us if you have any recommendations or suggestions. Uh, that is the nyfoodiefamilypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, send us your thoughts, ideas. Uh, we're all ears. We love to hear from you. And that pretty much wraps up this week. So as promised on the front end, we're coming back to you with part two of our Cooperstown trip next week. Plenty more to talk about uh, in Cooperstown and can't wait to share with you. Okay, that's it. Bye. Bye-bye.